Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to today's episode, a formal welcome. Happy Tuesday. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to Live Mike, episode number 225. You've been hearing uh, for the first chunk of the program today from President-elect Joe Biden. Now, you may notice that I just used that phrase for the first time here on this program. Uh, we discussed that at great length yesterday. Later on in the program, I'll share with you exactly my thinking and rationale as to why I am now saying President-elect. We'll get to that later on in the program. Right now, though, right now, the pressing issue is, of course, COVID-19, specifically the vaccine, and even more specifically, what it means for Utah. This morning on Dave and Dejanovic's program, a fascinating interview with the state's immunizations director. He was on the show this morning. Uh, and what did we learn? We, we probably have the, the clearest picture yet of when a COVID-19 vaccine should be available and who will get it first. This morning, the immunization director told us that hospitals will start receiving the vaccine and storing it very soon. About mid-November is that we are going to probably see that vaccine, that Pfizer vaccine, into um, five hospitals that have ultra-cold capacity, um, and they will store it. They will, they will put it in their ultra-cold freezers, and they will hold it there until ACIP recommendations, which is uh, uh, one of the big milestones, not going to approve this vaccine until ACIP makes their final recommendations. Debbie Dejanovic, who landed that big interview, joins us now. You heard ultra-cold. What's this about ultra-cold? Negative 94 degrees. Uh, that the Pfizer vaccine needs to be stored at. It's going to be stored, as you heard, at five different hospitals. They're bringing it in before it gets totally signed off. Pfizer has an appointment with the FDA next week for emergency approval, and then the chips will start to fall into place. But we'll have the vaccine here in Utah, and they'll start vaccinating once they get that final sign-off the hospital, you know, medical personnel. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, And it's a game changer, right? It changes the whole dynamic of our battle here. This is a tool, a weapon that we've been able to create uh, in our battle against this coronavirus. Now, you mentioned uh, hospital and frontline workers getting it first. Why is that the case? Well, because they are on the front lines of this, and hospitals are beyond capacity right now. Uh, Hospital personnel are overworked. They need to get it first. And then from there, uh, he rolled out how it'll work from there. Nursing homes, uh, a lot of folks listen to our show, certainly have parents in nursing homes. They're worried about uh, whether they'll be vaccinated. Yes, February, March. Uh, then from there, uh, it looks like May, June, July, it'll go to the rest of us. Uh, mainly, probably, mostly, uh, we'll be seeing that in July for the rest of the community. And we'll be able to eventually go to our local pharmacies and get vaccinated there. Uh, the next vaccine that's right behind it, it's about a month behind. There's another company that's working on approval. Um, it doesn't need to be stored 
at quite such cold temperatures, minus four degrees. Uh, but that will infuse more options, uh, you know, into the arsenal against COVID nineteen. Minus four is manageable. I my my very first job ever was working the grill at McDonald's, and our deep freezer that was minus twelve. So if if McDonald's can handle a, a cold freezer like that, I think we're in fine shape to handle minus four. That's pretty good. Uh, listen, talk to me about children. Uh, you asked a key question of the doctor this morning. Will children or young students be required to get the vaccine to return to school in the fall? What did he say? He said no. He said right now we don't have information that this trial that's been going on with Pfizer actually um, was um, kids were a part of it. So we don't know how the vaccine will affect kids under 18. Right now, it looks like adults 18 and over will be first in line uh, to get the vaccine. I mean, not technically first in line, but right. will be the, through the first wave of the vaccine. I think it's important to note as well, this will be uh, rolled out in two different inoculations, and it will be a shot. It will not be a droplet on your tongue. It will be a shot in, I don't know, in the arm. Sure. Um, it, two, so it's 21 days apart. You go in, you get your first inoculation, and then you come back 21 days later. So if you're looking at July, you're really looking at several, even several weeks after that. Some, some side effects from those who participated in the trial, kind of flu-like, feels a little flu-like. Uh, but uh, other than that, nothing major that I've read. Yeah. Uh, but you're probably wondering how effective, how, how will this last? Do we have to get one every year? That, that's exactly the question that I've had. In fact, it's the question that still remains, is unanswered by, by scientists. Even if we are to contract it like via community spread, the answer is still unanswered. The question is still unanswered regarding how long you know, an immunity, if one even exists, uh, will last in, in the body. You hope, you hope that with all of the excitement surrounding this Pfizer development, Development and then the Moderna, uh, uh, the follow-up vaccine in the yeah. pipeline. Yeah, you, you hope you hope that there is some long-lasting uh, protections uh, afforded by this vaccine. But look, I mean, this vaccine I think could be on its way to Utah any day now. He said mid-November. Huge. Massive. Are we almost at mid-November? This is exciting. I think you'll start seeing doctors, uh, nurses uh, getting their first inoculations in December Isn't here in Utah. Absolutely fabulous. This is this is wonderful, wonderful news. This is a giant leap forward. Uh, I can't wait to see how the community receives it and the big sigh of relief, I hope, that comes once it's widely available come next July. Uh, we got to take a break right now. Debbie, listen, I know it's a short conversation. There's much more I want to discuss with you, uh, but uh, thank you for your time nonetheless. I'll and get on my way. Get, good get here. This is a good interview. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. Quick break. When we return, we're going to shift over to the transition of power, the moving from a Trump administration to a Biden administration, should he ultimately secure the presidency. Many details to comb over, and we'll do that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.